Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today, I'm joined with Donovan Farrow, CEO of Alias, as we talk about some of the ways hackers actually target businesses. Donovan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Secure AF podcast. I appreciate it. It's good to be back. I'm ready to, to throw down your next questions today, Teddy. So we've seen a lot of recent heavy hitting attacks in the news, right? So we saw a colonial most recently. Yeah. Um, we just saw a, what was it, a meat factory or something like a meat production company yep. that was pretty heavily attacked. So you see these businesses and you think, oh, the hacker specifically targeted colonial or specifically targeted the meat processor plant. Right. Is that actually what happens? Do they set out specifically to attack and compromise that one business? Um, well, most likely not. I think uh, there's a very large misconception out there in the world that um, a lot of people get attacked based on who they are and how much money they have. I'm sure that does happen. That's more like a state to state. That's more government versus government when it's like that. But this is, these were vulnerabilities that were out there, um, probably known vulnerabilities. It could have been with like within hour or or even days uh, that they were available. Um, one of the biggest ones I kind of want to explain, like, uh, like there was a there was a vulnerability with Pulse. Pulse VPN was huge last year, and a lot of people used it, and they're like, hey, man, VPN, like, this is the way to go. Um, that got compromised, and it compromised a ton of companies just because the vulnerability was out there and known, an attacker took that and took advantage of that situation. But how that works is they didn't just automatically go after Pulse. What happened was, is a again, his, uh, hackers are kind of, I would call them lazy. <laughs> They're really smart, but they don't like to. They don't like to do a ton of digging for stuff. So mm-hmm. they'll build a script or a little, a little higher topic. Would say, let's imagine you had a like a you made an army of robots, and these robots marched all over the internet and checked everyone's VPN, for example, and said, "Hey, are you running Pulse?" And then it does another test and says, "Hey, this Pulse is actually vulnerable." And then what happens is then the attacker, they'll, they'll run, the robot will run back to the robot master and say, hey, uh, I was able to get in this door. And then that's actually when the hacker gets engaged and starts to run ransomware. Um, there's so much stuff exposed out there. Even just like a few weeks ago, I was doing a talk at the uh, Oklahoma Bankers Association as kind of one of their lead uh, guest speakers. And I was showing people just generically, even Shodan. And I'll just live demo and it didn't fail. So I was pretty, pretty pumped about that. Usually live demos uh, lock up for all you speakers out there. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, but we were able to pull it up and there was an ATM exposed. And the thing that's weird about the internet, a lot of people don't understand is that if it's connected to the internet and people can get to it, that's not the crime that's totally open and legal to the entire planet Earth. It's when they, uh, it's when they take auth- unauthorization to it. That's when stuff, that's when stuff becomes a crime. So a lot of people, even researchers will go out and, you know, scan the internet and see what kind of cool things are out there. And I say cool from a super nerdy perspective. Um, but even there's SCADA stuff out there. And again, someone writes a new exploit. They put it out there on the internet, and even a threat person can run it to see who can be exposed. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of threat teams that run to see what companies can be exposed. doesn't mean they're going to, but there's tests like this all the time. So it wasn't targeted. Um, honestly, even the the uh, Colonial Pipeline, um, that was an open SCADA that I think they had access to. And I think 
they ran ransomware. I don't think, no, they didn't run ransomware. They had access to it. And then the colonial pipeline noticed it and they turned it off. Um, there wasn't just full, you know, outbreak. They were rightly terrified that something didn't look right. In my opinion, it was the hacker trying to figure out where they were. I don't, I don't think they knew what they had access to. They were like, hey, the SCADA device, they were probably trying to figure it out, changes some controls. Um, even when we do our, um, like, pen test for SCADA, and that's a whole other topic because you can't really pen test SCADA because you can blow things up or whatever, turn off water for, for entire uh, states, is you have to understand the control balance. There has to be a baseline. And you try to see what is normal, what is not. And you have some, you know, knucklehead who doesn't really know SCADA or even the, the, the ITOT product they're in and they just start changing stuff because it's funny and they have access. Um, that's when stuff can, that's when stuff can really, uh, you know, get, get scary. Uh, so, I mean, even that probably with the meatpacking plant, the same thing. It was a scan vulnerability on the internet. Um, people took advantage of it. I mean, that happens all the time and it's really hard to keep that, that, that posturing. Um, and to kind of keep that, uh, to keep your, your environment, your company protected, it's, it's an ongoing fight forever. So if hackers aren't actually targeting the companies, then how do they actually find companies to attack? Yeah. So, so that's another question kind of we get is, well, Donovan, I'm a small business owner or, you know, I just have some few things on the internet. Um, they don't really care. I mean, they want to make money. I always say it's like, uh, it's like throwing out 1,000 fish poles and you get eight people that bite. The other ones you don't care about because, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It could be big fish. It could be a small fish. It doesn't matter. It's technically free money. I mean, you have to understand this program is already written and all you have to do is run it and then they're basically in. I hate to break it, make it so simple, but it, it is kind of that simple once you get down to it. So they don't care about the size of the fish. They just care that they got a fish. And each machine that they see on the network, they can encrypt it costs you more money and uh, kind of just kind of as a shout out to all the small business owners who think that they're too small to get hacked. Um, you were highly incorrect and hopefully it doesn't happen, but we have many small shops, dental shops, uh, doctor offices, even uh, manufacturing plants um, that get compromised. And you may not think that's a problem, but I want you to kind of listen to what I'm saying here is all your customer data, all their tests, all their x-rays, everything that you have for that that person is on your network. First of all, if they find out that you got compromised, you could be heavily sued for it. Or secondly, how, how do you know what you diagnosed a while back for all your clients? You, we, we had a client that had information that was over 20 years old. Everything got encrypted for this medical company. They didn't have access to it, and they ended up paying. Again, it was a small business. They don't make a bunch of money. They ended up paying $18,000 to get it back. And they were down for two weeks and they lost a ton of revenue and then had to pay 18000 And then they only end up getting half their data back because the decryptor from the hacker didn't even work. Okay, so you have small businesses. Anyone, right? So anyone is a potential target. Hackers don't really know who they're going for. They're just kind of going for anything open on the internet. So for these small businesses who might not have, you know, the biggest cybersecurity budgets or any cybersecurity budget... What are reasonably affordable and actionable items they can do to protect themselves when they're not necessarily tech savvy? Yeah, another uh, a good thing you can have is I highly recommend your if you're a small business, you have a firewall. I know you probably know what I'm talking about because you had to pay an enormous fee of like maybe $2,000, uh, which is not a lot for a nice 
firewall. I highly recommend that you have a security company make sure, maybe do like a quarterly test or a yearly scan on it from the internet because you're mostly going to get attacked from the internet and have like a security company, not an IT company because IT companies don't do security. Uh, again, I always go back to my example is what's the difference between security company and IT company? IT company is your basic cold doctor. You go to a doctor because you have a cold or a cough. Um, you come to us because we do brain surgery. And you also don't, we're the brain surgeon. So you don't want your brain surgeon <laughs> giving you cold medicine. And you don't want your, your cold medicine doctor doing brain surgery. It's just a different vertical in, in technology. And I think it's really tough for people to understand that, you know, when they're not in an everyday. You need that true experience. You need that that overall, because uh, we, we have a good hunger uh, to be on the bleeding edge, to protect your company. And just having those scans quarterly or even yearly doesn't cost that much to protect your company. What would you tell a business owner who says, I'm never going to get hacked, I don't have enough money, nor do I think I'm a valuable enough target, but we have seen it plenty of times. Businesses say that exact same thing. They say, oh, I'm just a small veterinary clinic. Why would anyone attack me? And then they get attacked, right? So what would you say to owners who think that? Uh, first of all, I would open up and give them my phone number of 405-261-9517 because uh, that's our incident response number you can call mm -hmm. after hours. And again, I'm, I'm joking, but like it, it happens. Like I, Again, uh, our team isn't the biggest team, but we're pretty well known in uh, Kansas City, Oklahoma, and North Texas, even uh, heavy Dallas, Fort Worth. But but again, we don't get every compromise. We don't get all those gigs. Sometimes they have an IT team, hopefully can recover it. I can tell you in the past three years, we've probably had a, a growth of probably 180% for small business as opposed to large companies. Large companies have realized that, hey, we got to spend money on this. And again, going back to the ha hacker mentality, they're not going to go after a Fort Knox because they don't want to spend the time and it's not, it's kind of boring to them. They don't want to have to break through. They just want to send a script or send a, you know, the robots out. Whatever doors open is the one they're going to do. And those are the, those are the people they're coming for in the past have grown significantly in the past three years because small business owners are quote, too small to get compromised. I'm telling you in the past two months, we work with quote unquote, two, uh, five quote, two small companies. Uh, to be breached and they lost all their data and uh, I know two of them have closed down business because they couldn't recover because they didn't realize that they're actually a data company not a that, that they're a data company because they had all their data all their financials were gone and for them to rebuild they didn't have enough money to rebuild to get back just to stabilize the company and continue to pay their employees so what do you think you know have a company do testing assessments um, data backups, are those like a foolproof plan? If someone does get encrypted, okay, we can just use our backups. Is that feasible for small businesses to expect them to have backups? Yeah, so there's a few steps with that. Um, one is if you have backups, that's wonderful. And you're, that's I also get that too. Like, well, don't I have a backup? I'm like, cool, how do you know? And they're like, well, the IT guy said so. I'm like, cool, has he tested it or she tested it? The answer is, I don't know. Next answer is, is that backup corrupted? I don't know. Uh, and, and you don't know because you're supposed to have that tested, but the IT guy is supposed to be doing this and they're probably not. We go into a lot of companies that um, if they do have a backup, sometimes it's successful and it's super awesome. You still got to rebuild the server. There's still a, a ton of downtime, but they'll do the backup and they're like, oh my gosh, the backup's encrypted. 
okay, well, that didn't work. Or the backup was offline. They plug it in. Oh, it hasn't been backed up for three years. Or, oh, my gosh, we can't even read it. It's corrupt. And that backup Mm -hmm. is for not. So there's a lot of – it's not just the security side. It's also the IT side that needs to be taken care of before it happens. And I'm I'm only telling you from experience that it happens. And we see this, like, I mean, honestly, uh, three or four times a month. So kind of to summarize – Hackers don't really know who they're attacking. They're just trying to find the easiest access possible. They don't necessarily want to go for these large companies that are hyper secure because they're hyper secure. They just kind of want to go online, send some code, see who's the most open regardless of who they are because any cash is still cash. If it's a small business, even if their ransom is only like three grand, it's still three grand. They're going to do it whether, you know, you want them to or not, right? Yeah. And so then, you know, the best method is try and protect yourself, try and have, you know, backups, get tested, make sure everything is okay. Um, make sure your IT guy, make sure your cybersecurity company, if you have one, you know, if not, find one, at least get them on retainer. Make sure all your ducks are in a row because realistically, whether you think you're a good enough target or not, you're still a target. Yes, exactly. If you're connected to the internet, you're a target. Great. Well, Donovan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. I appreciate it. Yeah, you guys have a good day and thanks for listening. 